the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Aya Real Estate. I'm here with uh, I'm Dottie Herman, and I'm here with Steve Ebert, Stephen Ebert, and Ace Lawyer Supart. And I have some questions for you both. And then I hopefully we'll turn it over to Steve, and we're going to talk a little about 1031 like kind exchanges. But before I do that, uh, and then I will talk a little about the new normal and. Uh, what we think that is the summer is going to look like in New York City as far as real estate goes. Um, but for Steve, I started right before the um, news, is renting your vacation home on a short-term basis considered residential or commercial use? And can I write that off? And that's Betsy from New Jersey. So, yeah, th- thanks, Betsy, for writing in. Um, so basically when it comes to a residential property, and it's a residential-type property, you can use it one of three ways. Your primary residence, you can only have one primary, or it's a second home or vacation home, but you can have multiple of, or an investment property. Under the tax rules, that second home, vacation home status is the least favorable. So if you're able to get out of that category, you can maximize your tax savings. Um, and you're allowed to switch categories over time. It depends on how you use it for the year. Um, so what it's going to boil down to is how many days in the year that you use that as a second home or a vacation home for yourself. So if you just rent it out for a couple of months, but you're using the property as your vacation home for the rest of the year, um, it's still going to stay in that vacation home category. If you're able to rent it out, and only use it yourself for under 14 days a year. Um, and it doesn't mean the property has to be rented all year long, but you just put it in that category and you keep your use to under 14 days. You could fall under the investment category, which, not, which allows you to have more tax write-offs um, and flexibility for the, home mor- for the mortgage interest deduction and also depreciation. So we'd want to look at the facts. It boils down to really which way you're going. Um, in that regard. Thank you. I have a second question for you, Stephen, and it's from Elaine from Bridgehampton, and she asks, is it possible to use a foreign LLC to make an offer on a New York City apartment? If the answer is yes, at what point can the owner inquire about the LLC and who is associated with it? Which is, that's a good question. Yeah, so the U.S. is very flexible compared to a lot of other countries in who can own property, and we don't have a lot of the restrictions that a number of countries do have. Now, um, 
you can have a foreign entity uh, own real estate. Usually, though, um, we would not want to do it just that way. Typically, what we would do, and, and again, I want to be very careful because it's all case-specific um, about what's going on, um, but you know, usually what we have is we create a domestic U.S. entity, and that entity is owned by the foreign entity. Um, we want to really get into a little bit of a deeper discussion. Um, you know, sometimes, and it's very interesting, I just did a great lecture with a British accounting firm two days ago exactly on this point. Um, it was about foreign nationals buying real estate in the U.S., and depending upon how you set up, you can, uh, you can really make some smart moves, and you really should talk to somebody um, in advance because I've seen errors where people buy in their own name, where they buy in the wrong mix of entities, and they're really not thinking about uh, capital gains taxes. There's this tax called the branch profits tax, uh, estate planning, and a whole number of issues. And, and so we, we've helped a lot of clients on that. And, and it really also, if I may add, it, it comes up as an issue for couples who, let's say, one half of the couple is an American and one half is a foreign national. Right, plenty of times we have those kind of couples, and they have some very interesting tax issues, and it's very important that they have some planning because, particularly for the foreign national spouse, they don't, from a tax point of view, automatically become Americanized just because their spouse is a U.S. citizen. So that's also very important. Thank you, Ace. I have this is from Anne from Oyster Bay, Long Island. Does it pay to refinance a home equity line of credit at this time? I've had this line of credit for two years, only paying any, only paying interest. Any thoughts? Oh, definitely, uh, Dottie. I think um, a lot of the influx in refinances are folks re- refinancing out of their home equity line, line of credits, right? Because now the fixed rate is so low, it's almost. Um, it's almost as low as the um, home equity line of credit study. So if you do have a home equity line of credit, most of the time it's going to be variable, which means that it's not fixed. So, so many folks are refinancing out of the HELOC, uh, what we call HELOC in short for home equity line of credit, into a fixed rate mortgage, which now they'll, they'll, they'll know what their exact payments are. It won't be variable, and they'll have it for the rest of the term, whether it's a 30-year term, 20-year term, or 15-year term, depending on how how big the line of credit is, but so many folks are doing that. So, um, you know, that's a great question, and a lot of people are taking advantage of low rates today. Thank you, Ann, for that question, because if you remember, if you send us a question or call us on the phone with one, we there's a million other people who have the same question, so you're helping a lot of people. Ace, a second, because I can't go through them all. We have a ton of them, but let me give you another one. I found a great deal of an apartment in Manhattan, but I am self-employed. I have often found that it's rather difficult to obtain a mortgage if you're self-employed. Given the state of the market, would it be better for me to apply for a mortgage or explore the option of a margin loan? And that's Alex from New York. Yeah, I would definitely explore um, the mortgage process, right? Um, Although um, being self-employed may be looked upon as a negative, it's it's really not, right? Um, You know, a lot of banks, will be able to underwrite the K-1, Schedule E, Schedule C. So call, call a bank. Margin loans are usually um, based on a higher rate. Um, so to get the best rate possible, go through the traditional route of getting a mortgage first. 
And if you can't qualify, then I would say, you know, go with a margin loan. But I would say m- most banks, especially Citizens Bank, uh, we're, we're heavily sophisticated in underwriting self, self-employed borrowers. And that's something that is really a, uh, a niche product, right? Uh, you have to know um, a self-employed borrower from their K-1 to their Schedule E to, to their Schedule C dotty. So it's really important to go to a bank that you trust and, and can actually underwrite um, your your financial situation. So, but, you know, hopefully Steve can leave his name number and we'll contact him as well. Great. So now um, this is, I guess, to, to myself or anybody who can answer this. Uh, Dear Dottie, I live in a New York City co-op and have been working from home. My building is still very strict about having people all throughout the building. So all deliveries are to be left with the concierge during work hours. And given that I work from home, I was going down to meet a messenger to send work documents, and I tripped and fractured my wrist. Would my co-op be responsible, or would this be considered a workplace-related injury since I work from home? I have no idea. Um, well, it's, I, I would not classify that as a work-related this, uh, injury. Uh, you're not in the office. Uh, you're not, you know, in a factory floor. And we have some very specific rules when it comes to called workers' compensation, where um, the judgments are lower. It's really focused on just taking care of your injury, but the standard of proof is lower, so people can be taken care of. This falls into more of a classic personal injury case. We'd have to really look into um, what kind of care did the co-op provide. For example, are they leaving, and they're telling messengers, just leave things wherever you want to leave them, you know, creating trip hazards. Are they having staff in there organizing? Do they have a dedicated room? How's the lighting? Things like that. So this gets into a classic sort of negligent uh, personal injury uh, type case. Okay. Uh- Dear Dottie, I live alone and have friends stay with me as house guests throughout the summer. Given this, the COVID pandemic, um, could I be liable if a guest supposedly uh, gets COVID-19 from my property? I don't, I don't know how they would know that they got it from the property, but I guess people are worried about liability, period. I mean, I know a lot of people are. So if you if you were to have a guest at your house or... People would let's let's say, ask the question even differently if they would come to your office, let's say, uh, and they would get the virus, and somehow it could be tracked to somebody's home or their off or somebody's office. Uh, is the, I don't I'm going to have to I don't really know I have to get somebody on liability. I'm not sure. I don't know if anyone's sure. I guess they're all different. What do you guys think? I mean. Well, this let me let me start off by saying this is a good not that we're endorsing the insurance industry, but this is a great example of why getting the right balance of insurance and getting what what's called as an umbrella policy fair, fairly inexpensive. Um, for you can get a good amount of coverage fairly cheaply, um, and this is sort of a backup liability pro, a policy on top of your general homeowner's insurance um, that could protect you. So it sort of takes the worry away a bit. Um, you know, right now I haven't seen any cases on point on this. You know, I could see someone maybe trying to get creative and see what they can do. Um, so it's a little bit of a novel area. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if you guess in, you're inviting people and it's social, I think people already know. I think people know that there is some risk. It's already out there. Um, 
and, and people just need to, you know, have precautions. And, and again, no matter where you are, if you're walking down the street or if you're in a restaurant or in the office, you know, you got to keep your guard up and, until everything's passed. And that, that's what will keep the numbers low. Well, that's such an interesting question because, truthfully, would that mean that everybody, like, has to really be aware? I mean, obviously, you should be aware. But just like we were talking to Ace before about restaurants and saying, you know, that the governor is, you know, really coming down on restaurants and saying if you're not social distancing or if the people are just walking over to each other's table and pulling over a seat, which I've seen happen, uh, you, you could be liable and eventually you could have, lose your liquor license. So do people really have to, you know, should they really, with this going on, look at their insurance? And we'll have, you know, somebody on insurance next week. But should they really look at their policy, at least look at it or call their insurance broker and see what it covers? Um, and ha- Because we've never had this before. And is there liability if somebody happens to be at your house and has it, say, another guest gets it? Well, I, I think, think people that's... need to look at their insurance every so often, e- even putting COVID aside for one second. I think this is a very important point. A lot of times people make the mistake that because they have, and I'm thinking, I'm talking more about a single family home for the moment, co-ops and condos are a little different, but because the bank said, okay, we as your lender is satisfied that you have enough homeowner's insurance, that's sort of one threshold. Right. But, for example, over time, you may have renovated your home. You may have made improvements. You may have gotten additional personal property like jewelry or artwork or technology. And so people's insurance needs are not static. And it's very important that every so often that you have a conversation, just does your policy make sense for your assets, for your property and for the type of job and other risks that you have? Um, and really being thoughtful about it. A lot of times also people look to maybe some insurance that they get from work and they change jobs, and just because they get it doesn't mean it's really the smartest uh, coverage that's there. Uh, it's really important they check that's, in on that's their That's an interesting point, and, yeah. and really everybody should look at their insurance not only because of this virus, but as you said, Stephen, just because you know you've made improvements to your home, and basically most insurance, you know, will cover your mortgage, but, you know, you need to find out the replacement. Like, if you were to replace your house or your home, how much would it cost today to replace that? Uh, so if you've made a lot of improvements, maybe you could pay the bank back the money, but maybe it wouldn't cover all the improvements that you did to make your home what it is today. So it's really something you should really keep a check on. And with that, there was a question about it, but I thought we should talk about it um, Anyway, there was a question about the 1031 exchanges and, you know, that which would do, I think, April 15th. But could you, Stephen, tell everybody a little about what the 1031 like-kind exchanges and how the deadline, I think, has been extended and, and what people should know about that? Sure. The 10, so 1031 refers to the tax code section, 1031. So it's the federal tax code. So this applies anywhere in the country, which, of course, uh, New York, but all 50 states. And, and some of the U.S. territories. And this is a great example of really the power of investing in real estate. Generally speaking, if you buy a stock, for example, and you just sell a stock and you made a profit, you'd have capital gains. The same thing can happen with real estate. But with Section 1031, if you rent a property or if you use it for a business and certain circumstances like that, if you sell it and then reinvest the proceeds 
into real estate. And, and, and you have to follow certain rules. There's timing and there's amounts. But you're able to defer and potentially permanently defer any capital gains tax that you'd have. So it's really very, very powerful, and it allows someone to really just increase their returns. Now, normally you'd have 45 days from when you've completed part one of the transaction to identify a new property. That was extended, and then also normally you'd have then 180 days from when you've um, transferred the first property to then complete part two. Um, there's been extensions on both. I want to be careful with saying which dates expire because it does depend on someone's particular situation. Um, so, but there have been some extensions, and that's really important. And if people are in the middle of a 1031, feel free to reach out, and we can talk about your specific deadlines. But it's a really powerful tool. Anyone who is even remotely interested in real estate investing, this is something you need to know about. Because if you don't, you're, you're really missing out on tremendous tax savings. So I'm reading that, uh, Stephen. Okay, so you should forget the dates, okay, because I see dates here, but they're saying July 15th, but you're saying forget that to find well, a replacement property. I want to be very careful because this is very transaction-specific. So the, normal def- the automatic default is 45 days to identify and then 180 days to close. But I want to be very careful because um, there have been some extensions off that. So that's what you're entitled to automatically. And there's been some extensions, but it really depends on when your transactions happen. So I don't want to give people and tell them, oh, they're safe for a date. And it turns out they either did or did not fall into one of those extension periods because it is so uh, person-specific. Okay, so then they're also saying that um, an issue that is faced um, with 1031 exchange investors uh, is now uh, involves the demand and supply. And they say there's many investors. They say that there's approximately $10 billion worth of 1031 exchange equity looking for replacement properties. And they're saying that there's really not a big supply. Um, so, you know, and then, you know, obviously ACE, they, they're saying that they found that 80% of the 1031 exchange transactions require a mortgage to need the necessary requirements for a successful deal. And do the banks help, you know, will the banks give you a mortgage on that? So that's kind of two questions I'm, I'm basically asking. In other words, so, one, do you find, because you, I'm sure, do them, Stephen, do you find that people are having a, a hard time with the supply, or is that just kind of a general it's it's a tough question. I think it's harder for people to do the transaction. That's why the IRS gave some extensions, because if you can't see property, if you can't travel to property, also remember this is mainly for investment property. So we're in a very interesting due diligence question on are the tenants that are there paying their rent on time? Oh, yeah. What's happening with the um, um, seller's uh, underlying mortgage if they have that? So there's some very interesting due diligence questions, which might also delay things. Um, So it's a little bit tougher um, to get it done, but they're definitely happening. And I do want to point out, there are some options, and to me, these are plan B, but there are certain 1031 funds that you can jump into to save the tax treatment if you have trouble finding your specific property. That does also exist. 
Ace, we have a break coming up, but uh, the banks participate that if you need a mortgage. If it's like, let's say you don't have enough cash and you need a mortgage, um, we'll be right back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate, right back after our break. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it would be too difficult? Then try Babbel. Babbel starts by teaching you words and phrases that gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations. So in 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking a new language in a few weeks. Babbel is built around real life. It teaches you practical conversations that you will actually use. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L. Relief Factor, effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks and my pain was gone and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com and then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Need a will, trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, estate plan. The goal of Connors and Sullivan's attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you and me plan their estates and protect their families for 40 years. Talk with Mike Connors in a free, comprehensive telephone conversation consultation to see how he can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. Have all your questions answered from the security of your home during these difficult times. The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Now is not the time to put it off. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free telephone consultation with Mike Connors himself. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or visit connorsandsullivan.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. And uh, thank you, Linda, who just sent me a text and said she had a crush on the Marlboro Man also. So thanks, Linda, so we both have good taste. Uh, uh, You know, Ace... uh, 
there was something on the news, I think, you know, in, in early May, and then I read something, I think, in Brick Underground that said it's difficult to get a mortgage. It's getting more difficult to get a mortgage. And then I think there was an article in the Brick Underground that said uh, that mortgage requirements have tightened uh, because of the billions of dollars in New York City tax revenues that were lost. And so they're saying that it's, you know, your credit score has to be higher. Uh, is that correct? And, like, what do people need to know? Like, if, you know, if you want to get the, again, a lot of people, I think we had a call that said, gee, I didn't get the same rate that they posted. And that rate is based on a number of things. And so maybe you could talk a little about, is it more difficult? And maybe, Ace, I think people might not understand that when they post a rate, that is an assumption that everything is perfect on your credit. Maybe you could talk a little about how somebody would really find out what the real rate is or if they would be able to qualify for that rate and what they should do so that when they do go get a mortgage, they can, they can get the best rate possible. Definitely, definitely, Dottie, and 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 you're you're absolutely correct, right? Uh, the rates that the each bank or financial institution that's posted on online basically is based on an assumption that you have pristine credit. And if you're a listener out there, pristine credit really is equivalent to a 740 credit score and above. So if you have a 740 credit score, assume that everything else is equal, you should be getting the best rate that the bank has to offer. Now, if you have a credit score lower than 740, of course, the rates will then become a little bit higher. So the example of someone looking online and then not getting the same quote could be the fact that they have a higher credit score, a lower credit score. Another factor could be their debt-to-income ratio, which means, um, in, in simple terms, your overall income compared to your overall liabilities could be above the threshold, which really is above the 43% uh, debt-to-income ratio. So to answer your question, Donnie, you know, what folks should realize is that due to COVID-19, banks have gotten a little bit tighter with their um, guidelines, but it's temporarily, right, just to make sure that the, the underwriting guidelines are truly um, sort of coinciding with the environment, meaning we used to have a, a rule where bank statements would be expired within 90 days of the process. Today, we've actually expired that, that timeline to be 60 days so that we're looking at the most up-to-date bank statements um, and we're up-to-date with the markets. The market, meaning the stock market, it's very volatile. So we want to make sure that someone that applied 90 days ago, that their portfolio didn't, didn't shrink you know, 40 50%. Other, other requirements that we've sort of um, increased our guidelines on are, are, are LTV, which is loan to value, Dottie. So folks that could have put down 10% before, if you look at, if you're, if you're following uh, different banks, you know, I don't want to mention um, a lot of names here, but a lot of major banks have actually increased their down payment requirements from, let's say, 10% originally pre-COVID to 20%. Um, so, so these are different little tidbits, Dottie, that, that I think folks should understand and just educate themselves on in terms of what, what is required from each bank. And, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to email Dottie or email the show, and we can go over different scenarios. But there's so many different scenarios. The one thing that I do want to emphasize is call your bank, 
really understand what your qualification capabilities are during this time, but just understand that these are temporary changes. And as the market starts to pick up again, I think banks will go back uh, to pre-COVID guidelines because, like I've been telling on the show, Dottie, our default rate prior to pre-COVID has been less than 1%. So the financial sort of, um, you know, the financial institutions have felt really, really comfortable with real estate today. And it's very different than 2008 and 2009. I think Stephen mentioned this before earlier on the show. The confidence level and the fee income that these banks are, are, are receiving during this time period has been astronomical, meaning there's tremendous confidence in the marketplace and it's totally different than what we saw in 2008 and 2009. That's true. And we won't really have time for this today, all. but maybe next week. What I'd like to really do is, because I really believe that people do not realize as much as they should. You know, you see a rate. The bank posts their rates. All banks post whatever their rates are. And those are rates is that your credit has to be pristine. Now, I pay all my bills on time. I know that my credit should be good. But I think last year, for the heck of it, all of us, you know, on Ion Real Estate, we all had aced, or we all had whoever was doing our the credit portion of the show check our credits. And there were little things that I said, what do you mean I don't have a perfect credit score? And then I'm looking, and there was a bill 10 years ago, and I remember it because uh, – some credit card company sent me the same credit card twice, and I sent it. I, it was stupid stuff, but it took my credit card, you know, scored down a, a little bit. Um, so I think, and now today with people who are not paying rents or people who might have had an agreement with a landlord, and the landlord said, okay, you know, so many people called up the landlord and said, you know, can you work something out in this time? And they made an agreement. And that might have been an oral agreement. And uh, who knows if that's on your credit. So I really think uh, next week, uh, you, know, between, you know, you and Steve should really talk about, because I'm telling everyone now is the time to buy. And I'm sure when everything is all over and prices go up again, um, you know, the lending standards will be easier. But if you're buying now because you want to take advantage of an opportunity that's a buyer's market, you need to get and you need financing. You need to know how to deal with it today, and some of the things that you need to do before you apply for the mortgage to make sure that you get the best rate, the lowest rate you can get, and that takes a little preparation. Sometimes I think we've told you this on many a show. A lot of times, credit scores there's a mistake that that somebody you know there's mistakes. And that, you know, it's not even something that you did, and you just have to look at your credit. So I'd like to talk about that um, a little bit next next week, if it's okay with everybody. I think that's really an important uh, thing. Um, before I have Dr. Sherry Spree on, um, I just, people have asked me, Dottie, what is the summer going to look like in New York City this year? Um, you know, and again, we're all in the city, we're out well, outside the city, but we're in the city also, so we're seeing it firsthand. And basically, it's just, it's just, it's slower than it was last year at this time. But if you know, if you use seasonality charts for most parts, New York City is usually slower in the summer because people are away. Um, now they're on, on on the news. I think they're saying we're in a recession. Then I heard someone say we're in a depression. 
I don't believe we're in a depression. Um, this is a health emergency, right? It is not an economic crisis. And when we had the downturn in 2007, 2008, that was an economic crisis. This is, now, this is, you know, this is like a black swan. This is a health crisis. However, we really don't know the full repercussions of this health crisis because we don't really know how it's going to turn out. Do we have a second wave of it? Hopefully not, but do we? Does it, you know, start to subside? Or do, does people get it under control? So there's a lot of ifs. And you know, one of the things that we'll talk about next week is how do you navigate through a world with so many uncertainties. Uh, because I think about that all the time. I think, okay, well, there's all these different scenarios. And so depending on which one happens, it's depending. So how do you navigate through that? How do you figure out, should I buy a home? Should I take this job? Should I, should I have children? Should I move to the suburbs? And, and we're going to talk about how, how you know, how, you know, how the thinking behind it and how you navigate when there's so many uncertainties. It's very stressful. Um, and buyers in this kind of market will be able to negotiate better, and that doesn't mean steal properties, but negotiating. And, again, that real estate broker you have, probably, in my opinion, one of the biggest skills to look for in a real estate broker is someone who knows how to negotiate because the art of negotiation is what it's all about. And remember, in negotiations, two people have to feel like a win. So you want to use somebody who knows how to negotiate. It is starting, as Ace said in the beginning of the show, we're starting to get back to business as usual. Uh, you know, people are going out. The restaurants are starting to open up. Are we supposed to be on phase three Monday? or is it, Are we on another phase Monday, or did he put that off again? Well, we're, it's sort of an interesting hybrid. We're technically in New York City going to be phase four on Monday, but for New York City they are limiting – some of the indoor items that they would have allowed um, in other parts of Phase 4. So, for example, museums, indoor museums, even though in other parts of the state are authorized as part of Phase 4, that won't be part of the New York City Phase 4. But outdoor museums, so you can go to the zoo in Central Park, botanical gardens, you can at like about a third capacity, I believe. Um, they're all open. Great. Uh, there's a, a pent-up span to demand to buy and sell. I think we're coming to a break. I'll finish this up, and then I want to talk to Dr. Sherry Spree about what stress can do to some people and how to cope with that um, and all the uncertainties. We'll be right back. Um, you're listening to Iron Real Estate. We'll be right back after our quick commercial break. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust. At a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion. There is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, 
animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8.30 on AM 970. The answer. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or visit termprovider.com. Termprovider.com. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and, you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do. I'm really proud that we get to help shape the future. And I know that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride, and they're just out there doing something every day and then serving their country as well. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Before I have Dr. Sherry Sprague, I just want to finish that, you know, the summer, again, it's going to be slower, but it's, as I said, the summers are always slow in New York. Most people are uh, out, uh, and a lot of people have rented, and their rentals will be over in September, so you'll see it getting back. It's starting to get back to business as usual, but my guess is until after Labor Day, well, really, when everyone's back in school, I believe, we're not sure yet, but I think it's going to, they're going to be open in some fashion, I think, but We'll see. Um, things are picking up, but not all price points. And so, by the way, the luxury market probably is going to be the toughest one to rebound. However, um, you know, New York City is always considered one of the safest places to invest. And so it is really a good time to invest, especially in the new developments at the higher end. You can make some very good deals on them. Um, and even though you can see properties, I think will still be. I think virtual tours are here to stay. I think, and I think eventually it's another show. I think eventually uh, people will end up actually, and I never thought I'd say this, buying on virtual tours. Um, what buyers want will look a little different, you know. Now outdoor space is at a premium in the city, you know, and uh, dryers, washers and dryers in house are a premium, you know, things like that. 
And uh, it's definitely, if you're renting, uh, there's a lot of rentals on the market. As I talked about last week, we have a lot. So if you're looking to rent, it is a renter's market. Oh, your buyer's market for rentals. I mean, a renter's market for rentals. In any event, welcome aboard, Sherry. How are you this morning? Do I have you? Or are you on the line? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. You weren't really, uh, I didn't really hear it at first. Listen, I uh, have a friend that called me probably two days ago and said, Dottie, I'm at St. Francis, which for those of you who don't know, is probably one of the best heart hospitals in um, New York. And I said, oh, my God, did you have a heart attack or something? And they said, no. Uh, They said to me, but I thought I was having a heart attack. And so I got to the hospital. I went to St. Francis. And they said to me that it was anxiety and stress and that people are exhibiting symptoms of heart attacks that are really not heart attacks, that are stress-related. And um, I'm always on the Internet. I'm always Googling things. So I Googled, and I read all about this and that, you know, people who are experiencing extreme anxiety sometimes physically take on symptoms that feel like a heart attack. And obviously, if you have symptoms, whether you're imagining them or not, you should really, you know, if you're feeling them, you should definitely go to the hospital. But are you seeing that? And what would your, and if so, what is your suggestion to the people to help them with anxieties? Um, and, and, and of course, you know, we'll talk more about that next week, but all the uncertainties that people are facing, which becomes, in many cases, a lot of people get very stressed. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about uncertainty is that uncertainty is even more stressful than the bad event itself. People not knowing, it's harder than knowing a bad event. So having a diagnosis that's bad is actually less stressful than going to find out what the answer is. My advice... Yeah, that's a good point. That's really a good point. I never thought about that. I mean, the anxiety of, like, waiting, it's like if you've ever had a... Uh, you know, if you've ever had an exam, a medical exam, and you're waiting for the results, and that waiting period of is, you know, until you get the results, and then once you have the results, if even if they're if they're good, you think, oh, thank goodness, and if they're bad, then I guess you deal with them. Um, so you're feeling that that. So what are what are so what are, what are you suggesting people do with that anxiety, or how do they deal with it? What are the, with, with this uncertainty, and everybody is feeling uncertainty because absolutely nobody has that crystal ball. Is I advise patients to build up their resiliency, and how do you do that? Number one, exercise and keep to routines. Two, eat healthy. That your diet really can help you in terms of symptoms of anxiety. How does your diet help you? Yeah, and and connect talking with other people, especially close ones. When you're feeling anxious, don't keep it to yourself. Talk to people. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends. They can be really helpful to you in what to do. Then there are uh, things like transcendental meditation and yoga. Those behavioral modalities can be very helpful in terms of taking the time to just focus and relax and exercise on a regular basis so that if you can build up your resiliency, 
you have a much better chance of dealing with the anxiety on a day-to-day basis. So let me ask Stephen and Ace, how do you deal with the, all the anxieties of the world we're in? Even though there's always anxiety, you, do you have any, any, any hints on what you do or any advice? Well, I, I think Sherry's right. You've got to make sure you're not mentally trapped inside and physically trapped inside. You've got to get out there and do stuff. Um, we have a little more space uh, being the suburb, so we actually built and have a garden, um, which has been great. Um, and, uh, and, and also, I guess, as a bad stereotype, we got a, a COVID dog um, back in uh, April. Uh, what wonderful dog, and that's been great for the kids and running around. So, you know, that it helps a lot. It gives you some perspective because it's very say easy to get it. that tunnel vision. Yeah, they said there's very few dogs. I mean, that was the one good thing. So many dogs were adopted. Uh, you know, so many dogs were adopted. Yeah, and our, and our dog was from upstate New York, so there was no 14-day quarantine either. Oh, good. You didn't have to <laughs> one of the best. But not for everybody, but a great anxiety reducer. The whole, like, physicality of petting a dog can actually physiologically reduce a certain chemical in your body that helps you to relax. Really interesting. Yeah, they use dogs for a a lot of different things. I know they bring them to senior citizens' homes, and, uh, you know, everybody loves animals. Uh, So that's a good thing. And I I don't know, you know, I find that, you know, dealing. I, I find for me talking about it or talking to people and being connected is really important. Uh... I think I've caught up on all those serials. I, I, I watched the end of uh, Billionaires, okay, which I, and the end of Homeland, which I had left off last year sometime. So I caught up on those uh, those things. And, I again, I, I happen to socially distance ourselves. But, you know, I, I remember about a month or so ago when we first were allowed to have, uh, you know, to go to a restaurant and be outside. My God, I met with my, you know, I met a couple of friends, and we just, it was kind of like, oh, my God, we're outside. We're sitting, even though it's six feet apart, we're sitting, we're outside, we're actually seeing people. And I think that it really goes to show everyone how important some of the things and I think that we've taken for granted. If there's anything, you know, I think everything that's bad, and I think this virus is bad. I wrote to one of my real estate agents who at three, 2 o'clock in the morning was texting me. I was like, I'm sick of this virus, okay? I'm sick of it, okay? But the one good thing is that I think everyone has had time because you had no choice. That we, we, everything in the world stopped. Everyone was on pause. And you've had time to really take a look at yourself and look at some values and look at what's important to you what kind of lifestyle, and I think you're going to see, and I see this in real estate, a lot of people also, it's not about running for the virus because eventually this is going to be like a flu, I'm sure, which we'll get a vaccine sooner or later. But people now start to realize, hey, you know what, Dottie, I had time. I've spent time with my family. Stephen, you said you got a dog. I think, Ace, you've spent a lot of time with your family. We, things, you know, just having a simple dinner, with a couple of friends, is things that we always took for granted. And so I think that in that aspect, it's good, and people could sit back and look look at their options. And I think you're going to see, and I think, you know, one day I'll, I'll, I'll talk about what I see. 
some of the changes I see that came out of this that I think are here to stay. And I think that's a lot of, you know, and I think there's a lot of good, even though, there, you know, this is kind of a dark time. time. Now I just want the world to get together because, as I tell everyone, I, you know, I'm very sad by uh, what's happening in our world. I think that in 9-11, and I think I've told all our listeners I have lived through that, and that was horrific. However, the difference was, you know, you looked at somebody. It didn't matter what religion you were, what color you were, what you did for a living, what state you lived in. Everybody was one. We were all Americans, and we all shared each other's pain. And so we were all there for each other. And I, I don't know if you guys remember that, but probably in my lifetime, that was the only time I saw such unity that I had never experienced before. And if you remember, that you know people would be sick. Sing, it was just a, from a horrific thing, just a coming together. That was a beautiful part of that. So I'm hoping that you know we can start to get back together, and I think that that's going to happen. I think it'll take a little time, but I think that's happening. Um, but Sherry, when people have symptoms, because I was reading that they can actually have symptoms, that stress can cause symptoms that resemble right. so What you're describing is actually a, a, a disorder <laughs> or uh, evidence of somebody having an actual panic attack, which is when somebody feels like they're having a heart attack. It sort of mimics right. those symptoms. But we have a great, we're ending our show, but on that note, shouldn't, if you have symptoms, even, you know, you shouldn't should go to an emergency them. room just to make emergency sure room. heart attack, and they can actually treat you in the emergency room to get rid of that panic-like feeling right then and there, and then, you know, you have to see if it comes back again. There is actual medical treatment. That will get rid of any recurrence. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. We're coming to close our show again. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy the weekend. It's nice and hot. Don't stay in the sun too long. And most important, wear masks and be safe. We'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.